0: to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Last week, so at some point, I started a sermon series called Deconstructing Deconstruction. And if you don't know what that means, there is a movement happening in the church especially among a younger generation, where people are questioning all of the beliefs that they've inherited. And I think that's a good thing. There are things that the evangelical church has promoted for generations that I think are deeply, deeply, deeply wrong and harmful. And so we're in the middle of this. The the, the term for that, when, when people are pushing against these beliefs that they've inherited, the popular term for that is deconstruction. They're deconstructing what they believe. And some people are just taking everything that they were ever taught and just throwing it out the window and that's that, and I don't believe any of that anymore, and they're left with nothing. That's not deconstruction. That's just you're ticked off and just said, forget it all. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about deconstructing to the point you lose faith in God. When God purifies our beliefs through his word and through his spirit, it doesn't weaken our faith in God. It strengthens our faith in God. It refines our faith in God. It actually deepens our love for God. So we've been talking about deconstructing this deconstruction that people are experiencing. I don't think people need to lose their faith in God. If you lose confidence in a set of beliefs that were handed to you, I think that's good. Especially if that set of beliefs talks about God in ways that are unworthy of him. So we've been in this sermon series. This, has been where I, this is where I've been thinking. This is where my mind's been. This is where my conversation's been. This is where the church is at. Google Deconstructing Faith, and you will find 14 million resources to read. But then in the middle of that, it's Mother's Day. And then it dawned on me this week. One of the greatest places that people are deconstructing, and I think this is pure and right and good, is they are deconstructing how the church over the generations has talked about and treated women. We're going to talk about that today. Now, listen, let me prepare you. When I read these Bible verses that I'm about to read, Don't freak out. Tell yourself right now, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to read some verses to you that have been some of the greatest weapons that the church has used to silence women or make women subservient. And then we're going to reread them the way Paul actually meant that they be read. And we're going to realize that what Paul was saying was not meant to restrict women. He was actually empowering women. Jesus was not creating some kind of societal structure where it was man and then down here somewhere woman a step above a child. That was already their societal structure, and Jesus rebuked it. And Paul rebuked it. You with me? So when I read these verses, don't freak out. Because what the church has claimed that Paul is saying in this text is precisely the opposite of what Paul is actually saying in this text. We think in this text that Paul is saying women should be silent. And what Paul is actually saying is I'm giving women a voice. Uh, Instead of of calling this series Deconstructing, Deconstruction, I almost called it How to Not Read the Bible. We tell everybody, read your Bible. Wait. You need to read it right. Because I can do anything. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Now, with that said, Let's read the text. Charlie, throw that up there for me. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Now, I told you. Don't freak out. Because what we have said, Paul is saying, is not what Paul is saying. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Next verse. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence. Is this not the weirdest Mother's Day sermon you've ever heard? Keep going. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now hang, go back. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Selah. Again, what we have said Paul is saying is not what Paul is actually saying. Keep going. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. It's your only hope, ladies. If they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, if you grew up in church at all, you know that the topic of women and the place that their voice is supposed to have or not have is a hotly contested topic. Some traditions go so far to say that women are not of their own accord, in their own independent selves, created in the image of God. That once they become married to the man, to a man, then the image of God in them becomes complete. Just so you know, that's sheer absurdity. Other traditions say that all women have to submit to all men. Going to start a fight in here this morning. One great pastor that's alive today that if I said his name, you'd probably know him. He said Christianity is inherently masculine. And that for women to be biblical Christians have to embrace the masculinity that is the Christian faith. Yes, people say this stuff. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Good. You've been shielded. Glory to God. I was taught growing up that if you were a female, you could teach Sunday school unless there were young boys in the class. Because all women have to submit to all men. And even though you have socks older than that little boy in the Sunday school class, he is male and you are female. This is perverse. This is perverse. Probably the most hotly contested portion of this is that belief, the idea, which is very common, very popular, that women can't be in ministry or they can't lead in ministry. And you have a lot of different variations of this. Some people believe women can't be in ministry at all. Your job is to sit there, cook, clean, have babies, and say amen as the man does his thing behind the pulpit ain't getting no amen's yet. Good. That's the right, that's the right response to this. Men, you look straight ahead and don't say a word. This is not your sermon. I had friends growing up that believed that that women couldn't be in ministry at all. Simply based on their biology. Didn't matter how competent they were. Didn't matter how gifted or talented they were. You were born with the curse of being a woman. And so you couldn't do anything. Some traditions have softened on that. And they said, well, we can allow women to to sing. But that's it. You You can sing pretty. So we'll let you sing. And then some traditions got real radical and said, we might even allow you to talk about the Bible from time to time. If you're a good little girl. But that's it. Don't dare call yourself pastor or prophet or apostle or bishop or anything of the sort. How did we get to this place? Because we don't know how to read the Bible. Because we read verses like this. If you, I mean, if you ever hear anybody say this, if you ever hear anybody say this, this is the telltale sign that they don't know what they're talking about. If they ever say this, the Bible's simple to understand. You ever read the Bible? I can read the Bible in the actual language the Bible was written in, and it's still not very easy to understand. If you ever hear somebody say that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the Bible, is just a place right there. It's just right there. Is it now? You ever read the book of Revelation? Just right there, some woman riding a dragon, <laughs> giving birth to a child, and the earth is opening itself and swallowing her up. It's just right there. She's clothed in the sun. How long is she gonna last being clothed with the sun? I don't know. It's just right there. Jesus said, "If your right hand defends you, cut it off." It's just right there. <laughs> right. He said, "If you're right off, offends you pull it out. Plain as day. Because we don't know how to, because we don't know how to handle the Bible properly. We take verses and we weaponize them against people, and we use them as tools to keep them less than who we are and who we think they should be." And this is prominent in modern church history's treatment of women. So, Paul, you know, Paul, when I see Paul one day in heaven, I'm gonna say, you could have worked a little harder and making yourself a little clearer. Because what you didn't know is we're gonna fight over it for 2,000 years. So Paul, what did you mean when you made the statement women should learn in silence with all subjection? What did you mean? Most people believe that Paul was not married. That's debatable, but most people believe Paul was not married. So yeah, you can get away with saying things like that. As a single man. That might be why you weren't married, Paul. It might not have been a choice. What did he mean? You can't just read the Bible. you got to read the Bible. you got to ask questions of the Bible. If you don't talk to your Bible, the Bible will not talk back to you. So, Paul, what did you mean? Now, let me set this up for you. You ready? You ready? Nobody's ready. Are you ready? You ready? When Paul writes his letter to Timothy, Paul is writing to his spiritual son that's pastoring in a city called Ephesus. This is an obscure church history that you'll find in some dusty book. This is in the book of Acts. He's pastoring in Ephesus. Ephesus was a booming metropolis, a booming metropolis. It was the hub of so much activity. Think you you, you can't you can't think you can't think you know, Seymour, you got to think dallas it's a booming metropolis inside this city there was an all-female cult that worshiped the goddess diana this is all in your bible it's made up purely of females they worshipped the goddess diana the book of acts calls her artemis this is in the center of ephesus these women now are getting saved and becoming a part of the christian church and because they are used to being in leadership, they are going into Timothy's church and they are seizing power. And Timothy says, hang on, let the women learn in silence. The word silence there means, let them learn undisturbed. Let them learn at their leisure. Let the women learn in silence. is not a commandment to women to be quiet. It is a commandment to men to be quiet. Let the women learn, and let them learn undisturbed. It's this, One of the most dynamic pictures you'll ever see of this is the story of Mary and Martha. You remember that story in the New Testament when Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha is about in the kitchen, and Martha comes in there and says, you need to get up from his feet, and you need to come help me. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, no, she has taken up the greater part. You have to, you can't just read the Bible. you got to read the Bible. The Bible says that she sat at Jesus' feet. That is the same language that is used in Acts when it talks about Paul sitting at the feet of his mentor. Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Paul sat at the feet of his mentor so he could learn and he wanted to learn so he could be a teacher. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus so she can learn and she is learning so she too can be a teacher. And Jesus saying, no, 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 no. Women belong here as well. Women deserve to get to sit at the feet of a teacher and learn undisturbed so that they too can turn around and become teachers. But we miss this all the time in the New Testament. It was women that saw Jesus at the resurrection. It is women that he gives instruction to in 1 Corinthians when he talks to them about how to prophesy. He calls them apostles and prophets and deaconesses all through the New Testament. He is releasing women into ministry, not restricting women from ministry. And when he says, let the women learn in silence, he is saying, men, shut up. Quit bothering them. It broke, it broke the religious and societal code of the day for Mary to be sitting at the feet of Jesus with Peter and James and Andrew and Philip. It broke all of the rules. You're not allowed to be here. And when Jesus said, she's not going anywhere, he is saying this door of access is not just for men. It's for women. For my entire, I will be 39 next month. For my 39 years of life, the Pentecostal church that I know has survived on the faith and the prayers of women more than it has the faith and prayers of men. And it has survived on the faith and prayers of a group of women that we told them, You're not even allowed to do that. Let the women learn and let them learn in silence. He's saying, leave those women alone. Those women that are now being converted and now want to lead in the kingdom of God, let them learn undisturbed. Now, how have we read that? Women, shut up! Sit there and learn. Man, smart. Woman, not smart. That is perverse. That is wicked. And that is not what the text says at all. That's what we read into it because we're insecure and misogynistic. Told you the weirdest woman, Mother's Day sermon you've ever heard in your life. Let the woman learn in silence. Let her learn. Let her learn. And watch, we think, well, I'll get to that point in a second. Let the woman learn in silence. For it is not permitted to her to speak, nor to usurp authority over the man. We take that line and we go. We go. Run crazy don't speak in church don't speak in home and in marriage don't speak you don't get a vote i am man you are woman you know how many married couples i have counseled through this whole process i'm 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 the man up in this piece why don't you act like one and this ain't it A man is the servant of all, not the one that tries to sit on the throne and rule everybody. This isn't my house. This is our house. It's not my money. It's our money. I'm not making a decision. We're making a decision. Do you see how we've read this text and perverted it? To the point that it bleeds into all sorts of life and all sorts of wicked ways and breaks and fractures human relationships. It breaks and fractures, especially women. I was talking to a young couple one time, they were having, they were arguing because the man felt disrespected. He had a history of making some of the dumbest decisions. You've ever seen in your life. And he was on the precipice. He was on the verge. He was on the edge of making another dumb decision. And they come into my office. This was not in Knoxville. This is somewhere else. And he says, I need you to tell her what the Bible says. I said, all right. The Bible says, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Christ died for the church. Christ went to the cross. The thing that you talk about was the most bloody, vicious, violent death. He did that for you. And he's saying, men, saddle up. Tell her what the Bible says. Because I'm tired of being disrespected in my own home. I'm the man of the house. Because the, <laughs> like the, <laughs> the Bible says. They said like The Bible says. What The Bible says. They know two verses. John 3, 16, and women keep silent. That's all they got. So you tell her I made this decision, she got to go with it. So that's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible does not say you're the boss and she's the older child. I'm telling you, man, look straight ahead. The Bible says y'all are the boss. I need, you don't understand, I need, I need my wife's voice in my life. Because if I don't have it, especially when it comes to money, I would make some of the dumbest decisions you've ever seen in your life. I would own stock in Shamwal. If you know what that is. Right. <laughs> it, would be a, it would be a disaster of biblical proportions if I was untethered from the voice of reason in my life. I would have alpacas in the backyard. You can't even have those in our neighborhood, but I'd find a way. Because that's saw on TV. You can cut off the fur and sell it and make some money. And then I put it in crypto. She's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that. I think I need me a house in Maine. I've never been, but I saw a picture online, and boy, that's literally how my mind worked. Cole's just like that, right? Cole's like, let's do it. Let the woman learn in silence, for it's not permitted to them to speak, nor to usurp authority over the man. But to be in silence. This is what Paul is saying. He's not saying women, you don't get to preach or minister. He's not saying all you get to do is teach a class. A small group, back in the day, we called it Sunday school. Y'all don't know about no Sunday school. Some of y'all too young. You ain't endured church. You have not endured church until you've endured Sunday school. For about four years of my life, I had to go to Sunday school every single Sunday. My grandmother would not let me miss ever. For four years of my life, it was me and the Sunday school teacher. And that was the only people in there. And he had been saved about five minutes. He did not own a Bible yet. But he was the Sunday school teacher. God, I'm not joking. He could barely read. I would have to help him pronounce Bible names. And I'm 11. And you mad because they don't do Bethel at that church. They do elevation. You don't get out of my face with that little baby Christianity. (laughs) You have not endured church until you've had to sit through a Baptist business meeting where they fight each other over who's going to mow the grass and then go outside and smoke and talk about it. In our Baptist church, we had bulletins. In the bulletins, it told you which song we were singing and what the page number was. And between Sunday school and the beginning of worship service, there was a slot in there. It was 15 minutes long. God as my witness, it said, smoke break. The pastor would walk around the back because he didn't want people to see his. But. Y'all think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I heard one pastor tell a story. He pulled up, he got invited to go preach at a church once. When he pulled up to the church, the church was going through a split. While he pulled up, there were two deacons fist fighting in the parking lot. As he pulled up, the split was happening. Normally, it happens over the course of months or years where there's underhanded talk and conniving and gossip and lying. This was happening as he pulled up. Back in the day in the Baptist church, you would donate a pew. And when you donated a pew, they'd put a little name tag on it. This pew belongs to, he pulls up, two deacons fist fighting. One old grandma is pulling the pew out of the front door and taking it back home because she's had enough. (laughs) I, I am a Christian, a mighty, mighty Christian. It's not permitted for women to speak. He's not saying you don't get to be in ministry. He's not saying that is not code for you can't be a pastor. It's not permitted to women to speak. You can't talk in church. You don't know anything about the Bible. You will not be able to teach other people. That's not what that means. It's not permitted for women to speak, nor to seize control from the men. In Timothy's context, the women that were being saved from this cult were going in and seizing power and trying to override and overrule. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. that's not how this works. If you want to teach, you need to learn in an undisturbed manner. It's not permitted for you to come in and usurp authority, is what the King James says. It's not permitted for you to just come in and seize power and control. You are commanded to be in silence. You are commanded to be undisturbed. You are commanded to learn if you want to teach. Paul, this is, how, this is how densely packed and how brilliant Paul can write. And in the first verse, he gives a command to men. Let the women learn and leave them alone. And then in the next verse, he gives a command to women. But if you want to be used by God, you've got to learn. You've got to learn. You don't get to just get up and go off. You've got to learn. Men, leave them be women find a place at the feet and then learn so then you can teach and then paul rebukes the men again for adam was formed first and then eve and we have read that as as right man first then woman I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, a man in authority in a church by himself is okay, but a woman in authority in a church by herself is not okay. Why? She's a woman. He said that like it was self-evident. Obviously, right? Adam was first formed, then Eve. And then he told me a story. He was telling me a story about a preacher that he knew. He said, yeah, his wife walks about two steps behind her husband. He said, but she's dripping in diamonds as she walks. How does that make you feel, ladies? That your silence can be bought? Lindsay's well, like, now how big are those diamonds? What, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Everything's negotiable. (laughs) You talking about big diamond or little diamond? Then he goes on. Because the Bible says Adam was formed first, then Eve. Keep reading me, compadre. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. He's not rebuking women, he's rebuking men. And he's saying the reason the woman was deceived is because she was not allowed to hear from God for herself. Because God spoke to Adam. And then Adam spoke to Eve. Adam disobeyed willfully. Eve was deceived by something her husband said. Adam was formed first, then Eve, and the woman was deceived. Not because the the woman is inherently flawed. The woman was deceived because we did not provide her space to hear from God as well. And then he throws a wrench in all the plans. But it's okay because you will be saved in childbearing. It's like, Paul, if you really read Paul, it's like, man, you are the worst rabbit trailer I've ever seen in my life. You start off. You ever read the book of Ephesians? He starts off this way in Ephesians chapter 5 be filled with the spirit and speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. 4 verses later he's talking about man should cleave to to his wife and they should be one. How did you go from worship to sex? In 4 verses he's very complex. He starts off by saying women get to learn and they'll be saved in childbearing. What when he tells the women they will be saved in childbearing, the cult these women were being delivered from taught that if you, dis, if you, if you disown Artemis, she'll kill your children. That was how the cult kept control. And Paul is saying, no, 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 if you give your life to Jesus you'll still be saved in childbearing too. He's dispelling the fears that these women that were gripped by this manipulative cult and they're being delivered, he's dispelling their fears saying, no, Jesus has nothing but the best for you and your children. Leave those women alone and let them say whatever God's told them to say. Give them space at the table to have a voice and any tradition or any structure that doesn't. There are denominations right now. I could start naming them that will not allow women to be ordained as leaders or preachers because they don't know how to read the Bible. In any structure or any system that does not allow a woman's voice at the table is not the Bible. It is not the New Testament. It is not God's vision for women. Moms, women, you have a voice. And you don't have to fight for it from men. God gave it to you. So men, lean into it. Don't dismiss it. When a man stands up to preach with boldness and fire and charisma, he's a strong leader. But when a woman does it, she's just a little bossy. I was a little turned off by that. I don't like her talking to me that way. And you and I both know your mama talked to you that way and you slap you upside your head and you won't, you'll say yes, ma'am. My mom is this tall and I will still only push her so far. My daughters are terrified of my mother because I am terrified of my mother. (laughs) My stepfather, my mother's about five, 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 four. My stepfather was six, four. I've seen her talk him into a chair into a fetal position, and he was a strong man, but when you've just been beaten down with logic and reason, there's nothing much you can do. This is what I came to tell you, mothers. When Jesus told Mary, you belong here, he's telling all women, you belong here. We don't just need you praying in the back corner because you're the intercessor and not the preacher. Because you can pray but not preach and sing and not preach and love on people and not preach and reach out but not preach. No, you have a voice. You have a voice. She belongs here too. And I want this to be a church where women can sit at Jesus' feet and learn undisturbed. Undisturbed. Their entire denominational systems, one of the, the largest denomination in America, in America, does not have a single woman on its leadership team. By design. By design. Women are not allowed to go to their schools and receive master's degrees. By design. Why? Because that's what the Bible said. Except that's nowhere close to what the Bible said. Let the women learn in silence. Let them learn undisturbed. And ladies, if you want to speak, you've got to make sure that you've been in his presence and that you have something to say. Just like men. Men, if you want to speak, you don't get the mic just because you're a man. You get the mic because you've been in His presence and you've got something to say. And we don't seize power through force or coercion. We seize power because what God has shown me needs to be shared with the church, and He exalts us in that way. Hearing what I'm saying, I want I, my my, heart, my entire goal in this is I want women. I want women, when you leave here today, I want, you to, I, I want to strip away that And some of you have never been exposed to what I'm talking about, thank God. But I want some of you to strip away that lie that I am second rate in the kingdom because I'm female. That's perverse. That's wicked. That is not the goodness of God in your life. That's not the goodness of God in your life. I want to strip away that thought. Well, I can't say anything because I'm a woman. I don't really know. And I haven't been to school. And I haven't been. If you've been in his presence and he spoke to you, we want to hear it. Goldie will call me. I know when my phone rings and it says, Goldie Hobby. I'm about to hear a word from God. When Goldie calls, I do this. She's like, I had a dream. Or, I was in intercession. I was in my ninth hour of intercession. (laughs) like, nine hours? Jesus, I hope you're praying enough for both of us. God spoke to me. She'll tell me what God said. And then usually it comes along with, well, I'm glad you said that because this just happened. She's like, glory to God. I'll call you later, bud. See, you. Bye. And at some point that conversation said, now listen, I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. I ain't doing that. But I'm here to tell you what God said. And I'm like, you better believe God said it because he just did it. Women belong here too. And any religious spirit that would say otherwise is anti the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness from somebody? Stand up on your feet. So say this with me. Say, leave them women alone. Better leave them women alone. Better leave them women alone. My mother-in-law built a international ministry just through sheer consecration and prayer and faith. She was at the height of ministry success. On TV, had the private plane, the whole bit, And in the middle of her doing it, there were people arguing. You can't be doing what you're doing. As it's happening, they're saying God would never do that through a woman. But those that are not doing anything should never interrupt those that are. <laughs> right? It's so easy to hurl insults from the cheap seats at the people down at the arena. It's like me watching an NBA game yelling, you're trash! (laughs) As I'm eating Cheetos and drinking Pepsi, this is garbage! And that's what the church has been like toward women for Generations women with anointings and callings and giftings and talent and revelation and the Spirit of God moving on them and God showing them things. We say, you can't do that because the Bible says you don't know what the Bible says. That's what you said the Bible says. Leave those women not reached a place in your marriage where you can hear God speak to you through your wife, you need to repent. If you're so masculine that you can't hear God speak to you through a woman, you need to repent. Because that's not the kingdom. That's why Paul said, in Christ, there is neither male nor female because we're all one. It's not man and woman. It's not man and woman. It's man and woman. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.